one. Salutations. This is the Mental Threads Podcast, episode 143. I'm here with Cottrell Sly. If you'd like to say something, you're free to do so. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I was talking to Cottrell Sly. Apparently, he was born and raised in Winston-Salem, right? But you'd be all over the place, basically? Yes, I'm trying to be all over the place. And you seem to have more, be more familiar with the Raleigh-Durham uh, area? Yes, specifically Durham. Like, I love Durham um, so much. Uh, it's so welcoming, and it's, it's just a lot of good vibes in Durham, so I love Durham a lot. Um, I just remember riding my bike around Durham, like, finding stuff to do. There's always something to do in Durham, and the people are so nice, so yeah. Yeah, I like Durham too, man. For real. I went to college out there, bro. And I'm thinking like, man, I wish the COVID thing didn't hit. <laughs> uh, but so we could have as more fun in college as I wanted to and whatnot. It's just I can't wait to go back for homecoming. You know, when, like um when uh when COVID hit. Uh it hit in 2020, uh March 2020. That's when things started shutting down. And then it kind of dragged along through 2020, 2021, and then, you know, now we're in 2022. So it was like kind of for two whole years, there was some issues going on, you know. Um, this year, like, we still have to do certain COVID protocols and, you know, they have the hand sanitizers everywhere. <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just, that's just it, man. That was just life at the time. But it's like, you know, I really favor my time at North Carolina Central University. It really showed me another side of North Carolina. Even though it didn't have a whole lot of quick trips and places to go at night, <laughs> like I wish it was, like probably the only place you can go at night was probably like insomnia cookies, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But uh, but still, regardless, I really do. Um, I really hold my time at North Carolina Central in high regard, and I feel like a lot of it had to do with me being in a whole different city in Durham and the Raleigh area. So it's just it was just a good time. I just I just liked it there. Um, and I know you those just always things to get into. Uh, from your perspective in Durham, or what type of activities do you get into when you're in Durham? Um, Durham, I would love to just, there's, they have the best food spots. Like, I prefer eating out in Durham than Raleigh, even though Raleigh's, like, a lot more bigger and, like, a lot more busier. I prefer eating in Durham. Um, I prefer just book, like, regular shit, like, bookshops, um, record stores, um, literally like I would longboard downtown and just like meet someone for lunch and that would just be my day like just Durham is such a peaceful place where you can just like have a very chill day and just do very chill shit so that's like that's my vibe just chilling out like reading music and Durham's like really good for that it's like a um a big melting pot so you're gonna always find like different cultures different people to like interact with yeah, man. No, I feel that, man. Now you're making me kind of misty. I tell you, I'm thinking like, man, dude, I want to go back to this room so bad. Uh, but it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just, yeah, I, I met a whole lot of uh, friends in Durham, too, and everything. I definitely got to hit up, like, as soon as I get back out there. I know one of my friends is about to have a baby soon. So I need to really, really hit him up soon and talk to him because like, it's been a while because I know I'll be hella busy from time to time and everything. But it's like, yeah, I like how it's like Durham's like a predominantly, is Durham a predominantly black town, basically? Ooh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that um, because I didn't even see that. Like, I, it's like it's very mixed. So I wouldn't know the like demographic, um, and that's not like the type of town that I would think um, is predominantly black because of like Duke is there and like Chapel Hill, and that's like 
those are like PWIs, right? So yeah. I'll read this like um like Winston is like a predominantly black um city. Like I I like at like some Christmas party or something and like I told one woman where I was from and she was like Winston is like one of the most predominantly black cities in North Carolina. Um uh-huh. yeah, so I I don't know, I do not know if it is a predominantly black city, but it's black. It's a black city to me because uh, in the history that it has there like black wall street is there um so many people have graduated from central so it has like a lot of black history mm. and a lot of black roots. but i wouldn't say personally i'm not from durham so let me shut up no it's fine it is what it is i don't really know for sure i would just know because i went to college there there was an hbcu so central the hbcu you know shout out to central for for winning uh, the championship a while ago against johnson from a Jackson State University uh, a while ago. You got to shout out to them. I know because it's just like our football season won't be like the best from time to time, but this is a really good season. Um, It's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just, you know, just being in a predominantly black uh, college and everything, that really changed my life for the better. And if, I just wish I could really go visit again. You know, I probably can't, like, next time I get, like, you know, some time off. Who knows? Maybe next week. Or, uh, where I'm from. Oh, no, I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. My bad. Okay, okay. When you, like, okay, you sound like you're, when you say, like, I need to go visit, I'm thinking, like, you're, like, out of state or something. Oh, no, no, I'm in Charlotte. I'm only two hours away, but it's, I had a whole lot of stuff on my plate, so I never have time to just go up there and just make that drive and just chill, so it's just, plus, it's been really, really hectic for me, so maybe next, maybe for spring fling, I might pull up, or maybe, um, for, uh, what you call it, uh, for homecoming next year and one thing about students they always i understand that like you want to like take time out like central students are so prideful of their school and like the event so i understand like you probably just like you need to like cut away like a explicit like explicit amount of time to like enjoy the experience and be with your friends and stuff because every time i talk to someone who is like alumni there they just love like meeting up with their friends and like getting back together and like just getting that old vibe so I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah, man, because it's like, you know, I used to struggle in the CMS system here in Charlotte and everything. I was usually like a C&D student, you know, mm-hmm. and my mom originally thought like sending me to predominantly a white institutions sort of like would be good for me and everything. But I'll, I'll tell you, like, it was hell. It was just, I got PTSD and whatnot, dealing with a lot of this stuff, the discrimination and all just the, all sorts of crazy stuff I had to deal with. Um, from the CMS system and, uh, and even other school systems too but it was just like when I went to an HBC like Central man it was everything was just chill everybody just kind of minded their own they hung out with their friends nobody bothered nobody and everything unless you were looking for trouble that was it but if you were just like wanted to have fun with your friends and just chill you could do that and if you wanted to stay in your own lane you could do that if you're going through things, you went through it, uh, people would check up on you. You know, like, it was like a mini town, but everybody was, like, looking out for each other, you know? And that's what I loved about being at HBCU, you know? Cool. Yeah, so that was it. Uh, what, did you, you haven't, did you go to college by any chance or what? I um, actually recently just got back into college. Um, when I was living in Durham, in Raleigh, I started Durham. Um, my whole thing was I didn't want to... Um, I was on some crazy shit like I didn't want any help or I didn't want to get any funding from like government or just get Pell Grants and like that I wanted to start like my own business and then like pay for college like flat out 
and that's damn near impossible when you're like when you need the resources that college has you need the networking that college like can um the opportunities that college can bring to you so my um when i was in durham i did like a kind of like a barter is that the word like where i would work and study at like the center for document uh documentary studies like where you could like learn to like make your own film and i would just like do like off shit like that um uh j cole's dreamville fest i've been like a brand ambassador for like the past two festivals like selling tickets so i was on central's campus um because one of my uh, colleagues like had an office there and she was selling tickets there so no i've just recently gotten to like the whole college thing because i hated school when i was in high school because i went through the whole um i went to like a predominantly white high school mm. and i would like deal with like the microaggressions and shit like that and it was like i was targeted every like not every day like I know I don't want to make it like a woe is me moment, but like no, there are like clear instances where it's like I'm getting treated differently. I, I don't know if it's just me, but like I think black guys like have this thing with like our hair and haircuts. And I'm like not that like I'm not like a well-groomed guy. I don't like grooming myself that much or getting haircuts that much. Mm-hmm. Um so like I would just like notice like the difference between like if I'm if my friend who has who gets his haircut once a year. Mm-hmm. And like, if I don't get a haircut every two weeks, I notice like the, just like the subtle differences and just like little racial microaggressions. But I was totally off of like high school. I mean, I was totally off of college. Like after high school, I switched from a predominantly white high school to a black high school. Um, and like, it was, I noticed the difference. Like, and I was only there for like three months because it was like the end of like the year. Mm-hmm. And like I could connect with the teachers, um, yeah, so much better. And I for sure would have went to college right out of high school if I would have like went there. I was a, I was like attaching myself to like that whole theory that white people like make up. Like if you go to like if you get in these white spaces, you're gonna be good. So I just like hung on to like going on to this white school when I could have just like went and been like around people that would have yeah that were actually meant for me. So. Yeah, that I'm just not coming out of like understanding what that was. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm gonna be going to HBCU soon. So yeah, definitely do that. Definitely do that. Um, do you have your credit uh, together and everything? Like you know your credit, your credit hours together, like your GPA or whatnot. Like you trying to go to a community college first and transfer, or are you just trying to go straight in? Yeah, I am in a community college, and I'm. They have like a dual enrollment program, so I would be going to Winston Salem State. Okay. Um, and uh, if I don't, I would like I've definitely considered like central like I want to go to HBCU for sure because I can't deal with not networking in black spaces and like I can do good in like white spaces and shit like that but I want to know what it feels like to be in a black space as an adult as like a, a learning adult and shit like that as a, a young you will not you will not regret it now, let me just tell you from experience bro I literally I used to struggle bro these predominantly white schools bro the moment I went to like an HBCU bro it was just positive from the start to finish like yeah you had your ups and downs and everything but it was generally positive you know like it was just 
it was just good, man. It was just good vibes all around. People want you to have fun. And even if you didn't get up in the mix like that, people respected it. Like, people weren't so all up in your face about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, like, there was no drama, no double standards, no weirdness. You know, it was just, you could just focus on you. And the teachers actually genuinely want to help you. Like, they see themselves in you. And that's one thing I really know. Like, I have, like, more than three mentors at that school. Like, I could actually put a lot of my teachers on my resume for references. They never got to sweat anything, you know? Like, if they called, like, my mentors on my teacher, I wouldn't have to sweat anything. It's like, hey, you know about uh, uh, T. Safili, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, yeah, T. is like, he, he graduated at the top. Of, that's one of our finest. So, you know, if I ever had to put any of my teachers from high school or anything, I had to be very selective because, you know, it's just, it was just, I didn't really get along with a lot of my teachers back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's, it's all like God's plan in terms of just like they got they to expose you to, what, to all the, to a crappy institution and everything for you to really appreciate what a really, really good institution is. Like, I can't really say what's at Winston from experience, but I know my experience from Central and everything. And then it's just, it's just it's just a good time like if i died i went to heaven i wanted to be an hbcu that's how positive my experience was at north carolina central and i and i put it all on that cool. that's for sure no serious i know that's like hella passionate but i'm just saying no like it's not <laughs> like that's not far-fetched like anyone like, you can like hear people's passion when they're talking about central even like people who didn't even graduate like they went to central for like a couple semesters they're repping central hard as fuck even if they got their degree from somewhere else they're like they're still repping Central, so I understand like what Central has done for people, and I I've grown to like want that um, in my own way because it's not going to be the same way as everyone else's like. But I just you know I appreciate what it, it does for others and like the the community it creates for people. Yeah, seriously, you should check out some podcast episodes. I've actually interviewed one of my mentors, um, uh, Dr. Anthony Nelson. Uh, he's the dean of the business school. And uh, Dr. Roderick Heath, he was, he was a former um, top, who he actually created the Men's Achievement Center at North Carolina Central, which was very helpful in my development. And then Mr. Sean Andrews, who's currently a, a doing a, a, a mental health foundation in Tennessee or Kentucky and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, all of them I met in Central, all of them, one, all, all of them like highly sophisticated, high value, uh, high frequency of uh, black men who have been very influential in my success right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have been able to get through college as, as feasible as I did. You know what I mean? And it's just, I just, it's just literally like I was a C and D student for such a while. And then like when I went to Central, I graduated cum laude out of the School of Business. Like that's day and night type stuff. So I, that doesn't tell you like the positives of going to an HBCU. I don't know what does. You know, yeah, it changed yeah. my life to that degree. So you'll 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 have a very wonderful time at Winston, I'm sure. Like my uncle and my auntie met at Winston. At oh, Winston. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, what, what were you trying to say? Oh, I didn't say anything. Okay, okay, I thought you were saying something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway, my aunt and uncle met at uh, Winston Salem, basically, and like they've been married. Uh, for a lot of years, even like uh, raising a child right now. So it's just like, you know, it's just, just giving you insight. Like I even did an episode with her, my aunt Camille, 
and everything. She talked about her time at Winston, how like, it was during the time of 9-11 and everything when her, uh, that was when like, because she's from New York. So it's like her, some of her family members live, I, some of her family members were working in that building in 9-11. And that really, really like made her like very, very depressed because it was just like now the building's really gone and she couldn't even get in contact with her uh, family and whatnot. So it's like her HBC really helped like, you know, uplift her throughout like those troubling times, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, you'll definitely get that support uh for sure. Um, but anyway, on to your uh we could talk about HBCs all day. But anyway, <laughs> on to um your like um t- like w- what inspires you uh, to be a writer? Cause I know you said you were like a writer. Were you a writer of books? Are you a writer of articles? What are you a writer about? Are you just like writing um, poetry? I I'm focused on writing articles and essays more for more practice. Um, but I, my goal is to write a book because uh, I'm pretty sure everyone took like those standardized writing tests in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I took one one day and the story was like so fucking bizarre. It was like, I was in the fourth grade. So it was just like typical fourth grade shit. So my teacher, she took my assignment and like she read over it. And like after everyone was done, she came up to me, she was like, I think you should write a book. And like, that was like, um, okay, I'm not finna do all that. Like that's, I was like in fourth grade, I was like eight, nine years old, I think. So I was like, I'm not finna do all that. Like that was like, it stuck with me though. Like it was, it was very inspiring. And like, it made me feel good about myself. Like I, I wrote something well enough, um, but that was not my, that was not my goal back then. So over the years, like going through like middle school and like high school, I got really into like music and just production and just like how like a lot of that shit goes like songwriting and shit like that. Just like the music industry in itself is like, it's a place for writers. So my thing was, I was going to be like a producer and I was going to like sell beats and shit like that. And then like eventually get into songwriting. That was like in middle school. Um, and then high school, I discovered a book. I just, no, high school, I just, um, I got in, I got into Jesus and Mero, their podcast. Mm. And, um, Jesus, Jesus is my favorite because he's more sophisticated than the kid Mero. Um, and I thought I can relate to him more. And he recommended, uh, Black Boy by Richard Wright. And I sat down and read that book and that book like spoke to me like, volumes like I just loved it um and like I went to Richard's um history and his upbringing and how he became a writer and it just really spoke to me um at the time like most of his themes are like just struggle um the struggles of like being a black man and like just like what that means uh to like be in America especially like during like the Harlem Renaissance and shit like that so he was writing in that period so it was just inspiring, like how he was still successful after being like severely impoverished, and like even like his last days, like he was still like very depressed, but like he was still writing. So, um, all the hardships that life has like brought me, like it's just writing is always something that can like be positive or something for me to like have an outlet for. So, yeah um that's really like where it started like Richard Wright Black Boy Jesus um that really like inspired me to write again and like write more because people always tell me like um I write well and I should write a book but yeah (laughs) 
That's great, though, for real. It's, it's good that you discovered your talent a lot earlier and your formative years and everything. You know, it's just, you know, everybody has their different talents and stuff. Like some people are writers, some people are singers, some people are rappers, some people are ball players, and some people are just athletes all across the board and whatnot. Just to know that, like, a teacher literally pulled you aside um, that said, oh, you should write a book and everything. And then it just, that's just kind of like, kind of like a hint to what like maybe where your future might be going that that's wonderful and everything that you're inspired to that degree and like literally with the whole Harlem renaissance uh, part of everything um I feel like there's a lot of like creativity that came out of that time period well might you say you have a big interest in regards to the Harlem renaissance era I I do but at this I don't want to get too invested because of like the politics like even Richard he has some like I don't agree with like every like his thoughts and shit like that so I like the idea of the Harlem Renaissance like black people giving like each other an opportunity and like sharing like it just seems like a big it seems like and I, I reference music a lot it seems like the 90s and hip-hop with like the Harlem Renaissance like it's just like everybody was free to like make their shit and like put it out and yeah like it just that's the um the luring part of the Harlem Renaissance to me not so much the ideas and like the time period but just like what got done in that time period like we're talking about like Marcus Garvey and like Zero Neil Hurston like it was so much shit in that time period that um a lot of that stuff is probably like out of print like Zero like Zora Zora Neil Hurston like her work just got back into like mainstream and shit like that so I like the fact that black people were, we had our own like big boom of like literature and shit like that. Like that was, I like that part of it. Yeah, man, no, seriously, man. It's just like, wait, what time period was the Harlem Renaissance? It was like in the 1920s, right? Yeah. And yeah. it went from the 1920s to when? Like 1930s, 1940s? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy, man. It's just, like to think it's just like just our influence as a people in regards to pop culture and even in politics and just everything across the board um and stuff it's good that we have like the like things like in the past like black wall street or the harlem renaissance to kind of like you know bounce off and echo through history to kind of influence where we're at uh, now and for the future do you feel like there might be something um, similar to a Harlem Renaissance on our hands, maybe in a decade or two, like, you know, with all like, uh, not even with the social media, but just all the artistic um, directions that a lot of uh, people are going like in this era, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like we're just kind of headed towards another Renaissance? What I'm saying? I feel like we hit a Renaissance like every probably four years or so. Um, and I, I just base it off of like, I base a lot of shit off of music. So I can say like SoundCloud rapper era was like that was like its own renaissance in itself because so much music and like the direction of like music and the industry of music it changed so um our own Harlem Renaissance I would love for us to have a Harlem Renaissance as far as like journalism um spe uh, specifically journalism uh with journalists if uh, it could be possible to have a Harlem Renaissance, but I don't, mm, that would take like a lot of like rebellion and like a lot of independent thinkers to like get together. 
um, because I think a lot of people are just re- uh, relying on industry and um, a lot of corporations for money because we're still in a pandemic. So a lot of people don't have the, what is it? The, the resources? Yeah, the resources. And they don't have like, you know, it's it's hard to tell someone to like step out on faith and I'm like, you have bills due and like, we're going, we're still in a pandemic. Like we're still going through this shit. So it, it'll take like, a couple independent thinkers and I want to be one of those independent thinkers to I don't want to lead a Harlem Renaissance I would like to be a part of something like that but it will take time um that's that's a really good question that's like a really good question <laughs> deep question huh I just feel like because it's just like I don't know I feel like well, the more we collaborate as a people I feel like that's what that's what pushes a movement I feel like before a movement is actually started you have to start with a motive or a motivation and I feel like a group of motivated people can push a movement. I feel like that's what the Harlem Renaissance was at its core. Just like any, uh, say, like civil rights era and just, you know, things of that nature. And just it just all starts with like a movement with like-minded individuals. Um, and with these like-minded individuals, it can really push a large traction and, uh, and change. Like, you know, like we can look back, like you even referenced 90s hip hop and just like their originality and stuff you know it was born from like a lot of the things that the nwa was doing in the late 80s and so on and so that just kind of set a trend on that you know the whole gangster rap era uh so it was like the right balance of like trying to be uh, poetic and clever but also have like the whole grittiness of what was going on in the times which is reflecting of what hip-hop was you know like you know it's just uh just how at first it was pretty much used to pretty much speak people's mind regards what was going on at the time and then it just kind of evolved over uh over periods of time and like now we are in the era where it's like you know i feel like it's kind of too reliant on on drugs and sexualization and i feel Mm -hmm. like uh, i feel like music should definitely focus more on really just the art and just really just sticking up and really speaking on what's going on in our in this time and age which i feel like j cole and kendrick lamar got it down to like uh got it down to like a uh, to really where it's pretty much easy for them to that degree and then it's like I don't know so much about Drake but Drake ha- does have reflect a sense of pop culture that's uh relevant of that of these times you know what I mean so it's just like I feel like it's all balanced to that degree I agree, but I feel because J. Cole is like my favorite like he's my favorite rapper like, yeah like, same same that's my dream interview. Like I, I want to work for like that was oh my gosh. When I was in Germany, I wanted to work for Dreamville so fucking bad. Like, um, oh another thing, like, okay, never mind. Let me just not go into that tangent like about something else that inspired me to do this shit. But um, I think J. Cole and like Kendrick, they have like they have it easy. I don't feel like that is like the representation of like the genre that they're they're leading, like the the conscious, like the conscious rap and shit like that. I don't feel like they should be the face of it because I don't think that they they're they're so far removed from that um as much as I would like to believe like J. Cole is like me um he probably was like more like me like 20 years ago when he was broker but I, I don't know I look for that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying like a, a renaissance would be very hard to to um to like push forward because like you have to have like a slew of taste ma- uh, tastemakers and like a whole bunch of underground shit to go around and all this is monopolized um so yeah um for sure yeah no i feel that it's like i can sense that j cole would be like one of your favorites for sure because it's just i don't know why 
But you can always sense that people like J. Cole or J. Cole's their favorite rapper just based on just how what their mood is and just how chill they are and everything. I know that's just kind of like subjective and whatnot, but it's just like, you know, it's just, I feel like J. Cole really kind of is like the blueprint to me, really, and how to express yourself as an artist and everything. You know, he didn't come from like the best, you know, background and everything. You know, it's just, you know, you go into his story and stuff, but still managed to, to get his education and go to New York and still follow his dreams as a rapper. Yeah, like that is inspirational. Like, that was like that was like my first album I bought on iTunes. Uh, J. Cole like means like that era of like J. Cole like before he was like so commercialized. He's yeah, not the even tape era, the warm up, the warm up, the come up era, the yeah, Friday Night Lights era. Yeah, I literally remember my mom's boyfriend like. He like made a big deal. He was like, "Look, like it's this rapper from North Carolina," and like he had like the laptop and he was showing us the Who Dat video, and then like it's just it's history for everyone in North Carolina like knows like how the rise of J Cole like fell, especially like when 2014 Four Wheel Drive dropped. I was a freshman in high school, so I was going through all the fields and shit. So he means like a lot to me in that regards of like my adolescence and growing up, and like just he. He motivates me. Like if I'm like going through something, like J. Cole has a song for everything. Like he has seriously? a song for everything. Oh no, I was agreeing with you. That's what I said seriously. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but you were going on and on. What were you about to say? Oh no, oh, just like, J. Cole has a song for everything. Like he yeah, like <laughs> that was it. Like he he's very like he means a lot. Yeah, no, seriously, man. It's just it's just crazy. Uh, looking back and everything exactly just over the years like you know like really get into his catalog from um uh from it's just born center to like uh 2014 forest hills drive to like you know uh for your eyes only kod and the the off season which i still bump to like a whole lot especially with the mari um let go of my hand and everything it's just it's just a whole lot of pride is the devil. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, just when you think like, okay, like, he can't come up with anything else. Like, he comes up with like a whole like project. <laughs> and we're still waiting on the fall off. Fall off is going to be his his last album, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I hope it's not, but I believe, I thought the fall off was coming up before the off season. Mm. And I I will be honest, I've been slacking on Cole's music. Um, Like, I, I have this problem where I don't really like artists as much when they get super popular. So I just go back to like truly yours. Yeah. I just go back to a lot of his old shit whenever like an album gets really big. Like the off season was it was okay, but like mm, um I like KOD. I like his chill shit, like four yards only. And like his mixtapes, like all that shit is my shit. Yeah, especially his mixtapes, especially the really obscure ones and not too many people talk about, like truly yours. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 truly yours and everything, and even like the songs he even rapped over Lauren Hill beats and everything. Yeah, like I like shit that can't be. Um, I like a lot of underground shit, so I like stuff that can't be put on streaming uh, platforms and stuff like that. So that's, that's where my a lot of my music tastes come from. Yeah, and when you think about it, that was him at his hungriest and everything because he had something to prove now. And it's just like now, it's like I feel like he's he like where a lot of rappers and artists are, where it's just like basically they've already pretty much proven everything. So now they're just kind of focusing on just kind of landing, you know, pretty well. You know what I mean? Where it's just they're just trying to land on a high note 
and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're more artistic uh, as opposed to just like, you know, like, you know, how hungry though. So the artistic part seems to outshine the more hungry part. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if he was trying way too hard at this age, it'd be like, you would feel it. But it's like, no, it's just, it's so easy to him. It's just like, okay, let's just make the song and just focus on. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy for him. So I just like, I like J. Cole at his hunger. I like everyone at their hungriest because I feel like I have to be at my hungriest at all times at like a younger age. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, man. It's just, that's just, that's kind of where I'm at and everything. Cause it's like my, my goal for 2023, uh, pray, praying to God that I'm in a financial place where I can be able to fuel this. But it's like, I'm trying to drop uh, a total of 50 songs next year. And it's just, I don't know how I'm going to do it or how it's going to happen, but it's just like, you know, when I have my mind set on something, I just, I just go for it. You know, just like with the whole podcast situation, like your episode 143. So now I'm yeah, man, it's like, I, it literally last year I only did 50 episodes. So like I have to do like up to a hundred episodes, like close to hundred this year to even get to this point. So it's like, and I still got seven more episodes to go. So it's just like, you know, it's the, that's why I appreciate y'all for even hopping on and everything to have these conversations because it's just like, you know, like, wow. Like, it really kind of shows like how far I really come with this whole podcast situation. Like it literally started like on my vision board and as like a logo. And like, now it's just like, it's really something I got on Spotify. I don't even have a Spotify account. <laughs> <laughs> like really like it's just i just i just post the stuff on uh rss and then it just uploads to spotify and uploads to google podcast so it's just like it's just one of those things i'm that's just really, really that's inspiring actually it's really inspiring that helps yeah. me like yeah yeah no seriously anything that you got to do in life you got to do it to 100 percent. whether if you want to be like a writer write your own book or just anything man it's just you got to put so much into it if you really want to get the most out of it, you know what I mean? So if it comes to like to going to the gym, eating healthy, uh, getting in touch with God, you got to put a hundred over a hundred percent of yourself into it. If you want to get uh, a whole lot of return out of it, you know what I'm saying? Who knows where this podcast thing might go? You know, I've had so many episodes now. All I got to worry about is like, once I get 150, it's like, you know, marketing it and get, uh, uh, monetized and just stuff of that nature. So it's really just, they're just putting on multiple platforms. So it's just, you know, which won't be too, too complicated. It'll just be a matter of just trying to like plan it out throughout the year, you know? So it's like the faster I get this done, the more I can focus on that, <laughs> you know? Understood. Understood. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, no, seriously, man, it's crazy. I can't even believe I made it this far. Uh, but it's like, uh, yeah, so it's like, this is, we're coming to a close for part one of this whole interview situation. Uh, we got to hop on in a little bit uh, for part two. Just want to let you know. All right, Mental Thuds Podcast, episode 143, part two. Um, still here with Catrell Sly. Um, yeah, so as we were speaking in the last uh, part uh, to the end, we know we we're talking a whole lot about J. Cole, but I really want to focus on his experience in regards to like just being at the first two Dreamville Fest and everything being, you're an ambassador, correct? Yes. Yeah, just let's just go into detail. Uh, how'd you get that job, and like, what was that experience like for you? Um, that's the ambassador part. Sounds more fancy, but it's more so the street team. So it's just more so selling physical copies of tickets and like getting like ground hype for it. So um, the first year it was like the very first one, so we had to just just sell tickets and like go to like local places. Like I would like go on Central's campus and just like talk to people. I would get tickets from Central's campus. 
Um, and it was just an easy way to like get to the concert for free. Like if you sell a certain amount of tickets, you get a ticket, you get a certain tier of tickets like VIP. So it was just my way of getting in there, like getting my foot in there of just, you know, the festival scene, especially because North Carolina doesn't have a festival scene at all. Like that's the only festival we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. But I feel that's a blessing though, because people will come all the way from all over the world to come to Dreamville Fest. Yes. Like I'm in the group chat right now. If you want to hop into, I can send you the link. Which group chat is I'm in a group chat and they we've been in that group chat for like since the first one. Is it on Twitter or no? Um it's not necessarily on Twitter, it's on group me. Okay. Uh, actually. Okay. And it's okay. just um yeah, with the it being on group me. Sorry about that. There's just a whole lot of things going on. Um but uh yeah, man, it's just yeah, I've been with this group me uh group chat uh since um hold on I'm trying to see you take Um yeah, I've been with this um group chat since uh last year actually um before that was i wasn't really in a group chat for dreamville fest uh really um which was crazy i feel like i if i had known that so many people from central were gonna go in 2019 i would have definitely set up a group chat or done something to get that situated and it's just yeah man it's just we took a picture together and we were just we're very uh deep with each other we were were all very very deep It it was very crazy and everything. I actually, I could probably share my screen. Hold up, to um, show you exactly one of the photos. So let me just see, right quick. Is this it? No, that's not it. Um, no, that's not it either. Where is it at? I don't want to take a whole lot of time. Hold up. Okay, okay. Now I think I can see a little bit more of the images. I know people are listening like, what image? What is he talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I, I did it for a whole um, thing in regards to uh, where is it at? See, now my dog's acting up in the background. My bad. Oh my gosh. Excuse me one second. Sorry about that. My dog has a bad habit. It just—I don't even know. Like every time somebody comes home and everything, he just walks out. Like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in like five minutes. So it's like, dang. Um, where is that photo at? I know it's somewhere around here. Let's see if I can find it. All right, no, I can't find it. Um, hold up, hold up. Cause I know I got like a, I did a presentation with it. That's what I'm saying. Like my bad. I know this cut into your whole interview process. No, just no, it's cool. Hold up, hold up. Hold on one second. Damn, this is really cutting into your whole. I don't know why I gotta show you this dang thing so bad. All right, cool. There we go. There we go. 
All right, I think I can I think I can definitely show you now what's going on here. Finally, all right, cool. <laughs> Got it. I'm so sorry about that. Okay, okay, okay. All right, share screen. My bad. So like, damn, this sort of there we go. You see it? Yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was the that was the first year. That was the, the festival. Yep, this is the recent one. This is the last one. All of us met in a Facebook group chat. <laughs> and it was my idea basically to meet up at the Ferris wheel because it was just obviously why not? It was just the tallest thing out there, so it was hard to miss. So it's just like, okay, just come to the Ferris wheel. And then we all just met up. My brother and his uh my brother, you can see him at the front actually, um, with the white shirt and the do-rag on. I don't know if you, you okay, see him. Yeah. to the to the left side, I think. Yeah. And um, you see that's his uh, girlfriend actually in the second row in the orange pants with the white shirt and the glasses. Okay. And the purple okay. cornrows. And I'm right behind her with the afro throwing the deuces up, basically. So it's just like they didn't believe that <laughs> that uh, any of these people are gonna show up and actually be like there. So it was just it was just very it was like one of those like Christmas miracle moments. So it's like, oh yeah, y'all are real. No, so. Dream fans are like very welcoming, like very nice. Like it's like it's kind of like central, like everybody that's like a Dreamville um fan, like they're just so nice and so open to like meeting up with each other and shit like that. Yeah, man, I really treasure this moment. I'm glad I got this picture. Um, so I gotta stop. I'm definitely, definitely sorry for it to cut into your interview a whole lot, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to like be like printing out that photo and everything and put it in a photo album. Uh, that's why a photo album is definitely gonna be on my list for Christmas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, you know, I, I feel like I have like a lot of these pictures in my Google photos and everything. It's time for me to start printing them out and just kind of start saving them. You know what I mean? I always have a hard time like getting photos and videos because I'm always like, one, the service is bad in that park. And two, my phone is always dead by the time like I want to take pictures or anything like that. I just, I'm so bad with that. So I have to get better with that, like getting like probably like a second camera and like charging it and then probably a portable charger for um this year's fest because i totally black out especially if like my favorite artist is on like the stage i'm climbing trees i'm just i'm in a whole different zone when i'm like in that area mm. and have you been in vip for dreamville before no um i actually had the opportunity because like my first time it was like a graduation gift so they were like hey which tier do you want i was like i'm good with general admission like i just want to go like i just want to go i'm just happy with it and it really doesn't make a difference to me um, because I've talked to people with like VIP and like just just like different tiers. Like they just like say it's like it's no different really um, to them. I'm really there just for the experience. I think I get more of like a better experience if I'm like general admission, like on the ground, just a regular person. So I, yeah, the only thing I want to do is like get backstage and like interview artists. Like if it's not that, then I don't mind. Being yeah. There. That would be so cool and everything to interview some of the artists and especially like considering that I'm a podcaster and everything. And I, like, that's where I got J. Cole on the Mental Thoughts podcast. Not crazy that would be and everything. I could see something like that happening. Like actually, um, like my favorite part of like the first festival was um, the title stage and uh, Brandon Jinx um, and Gia Peppers, they were hosting that stage. And, like, another thing that, like, inspired me to, like, get into, like, this realm of creating and, like, writing was Jinx. He's, like, 
once you like go through his like resume, he's been like through Complex, Mass Appeal, and like, um, what's that show with Joe Budden? He he was like he's like a very like well respected journalist, and like that was inspiring at that point because he was like really chill. Like he was passing out cups of Hennessy to people and shit like that. He signed <laughs> my shirt, and it was just like a very personal moment. Like, and he's like super very accomplished. Like, he's like well like accomplished and like well respected. And just see someone like be so humble and like interactive with people. Um, it was pretty cool and like inspiring to like get into that realm. Like, so if Jinx ever hears this podcast, like, I just want him to know that he inspired me to like go the, go this route. Yeah, shout out to Jinx and everything. No, seriously, <laughs> especially for being down to earth. One thing I really love are celebrities or people of uh, high recognition or. Uh, you know who are very like still down to earth like no amount of success will really change their character basically it's just like okay cool like i'm doing better but it's like that's not gonna change who i am you know what i mean um but it's like yeah dude i feel like that's the vibe for dreamville fest like i feel like a lot of the people that are performing are pretty much like the same off stage and everything like if you've been out there for jit and everything jit was just like joking around and everything because yeah. i know i think uh, i remember the part like, i think somebody was having like a heat stroke or something in the crowd during uh, his uh, song, you're trying to uh, perform a uh, sandstorm and everything. It's like, right. oh man, that party pooper, is he is he all right? Is everything all right? <laughs> and I just thought like, you know, like why is everybody like got to drink water, man, when you're out there, man, that's that's for sure, man. I got to have a set up a list or something, um, uh, things to purchase before I head out there for Dreamville Fest again. You know, uh, my dream uh, one day is like to probably perform for Dreamville Fest. I don't know if it will be like the year after next year, or uh, maybe like maybe 2025 i don't know when but i know one day like i will perform for dreamville fest i just i don't know i feel it in my bones and everything but that's why i just gotta work as hard uh for uh, next year and the following year and just working on branding and everything uh throughout in order to reach that that stage you know what i mean so yeah, it's I just you. yeah you haven't really listened to my mixtape yet have you no i haven't um you haven't i i'm like very specific with my music artist so like if it's not sent to me directly or if I don't get it from like SoundCloud I'm listening to like the same music over and over again and it's like accidental so I'm definitely going to give your because I need more music to like write about and listen to so I'm definitely going to give your mixtape a listen definitely I'll send you the link uh very soon it's actually 12 tracks it's called Ego Trip um or three p's um and everything the three p's uh stand for uh uh, persistent progress prevails. Um, and then it's just like, I can just send you the SoundCloud. Cause that's mostly how I send it out anyways, through SoundCloud. Yeah. I think SoundCloud is the best way to get like new music and find new artists and stuff like that. So I prefer SoundCloud and that's like where all the good shit is. Like, yeah. Like the access tentacion shit. I've I been thinking like, I'm pronou- not pronouncing it right, but it's like, and that's just how I pronounce it. Access tentacion or just X for short. And just, yeah, just other stuff. I know like, there's this other rapper I know called Nasty Nas from Fadaville and everything, which, like, he does, he's really good. Like, he's, he's really, really, really good at everything. I really hope he makes it big for sure because it's like, you know, like, I first got on to him in 2015, like, when uh, one of my grandmothers died. I know one of my grandmothers. It's just, um, it was, um, it was, it was like a past relationship with my grandfather and whatnot, but it's like, you know, she, that was my uncle's mother that was, mm-hmm. was passing away of lung cancer. And I was just trying to figure out what songs could I really get into? And I was listening to nothing but his songs during that time in 2015. And it was just, it was really getting me through that, like, you know, the boom bop and like the dark boom bop part of it. I feel like it was helping me process a lot of my emotions through that. 
Um, so it was just, it was just cool, man. It's just, it's just really cool. Like this whole music thing, because I never thought I ever dropped my first project and everything. So it's just like, you know, to know, like I had to put it on hold for this year, but I was still kind of writing on again, off again throughout the year. And maybe hopefully, um, this year I could definitely, um, reuse a lot of what I've written down to a song or two and everything else I know is I got hella hella beats on my laptop like so many beats like it's just almost I'm, I'm a beat hoarder like it's almost like a psychological thing I don't know what's problem, but it's just it's just there and everything like there's so many beats I haven't even listened to yet fully to really get a full grasp on it and I know like I'll be able to use it uh for sure um and everything but uh yeah anyway in regards to talking about Dreamville Fest and everything because you went to 2019 and you went to the one uh, that uh recently passed in 2022 uh correct yeah I only went for like a couple sets because I was like not feeling it this year mm. so I only like I only stayed like towards the end of the half like I was not feeling Dreamville Fest this year Oh no! What what made you not feel a dreamful fest? Was it something that was going on personally in your life? You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Yeah, no, it's like a um, it's totally personal, but it's like not too like big of a deal. It's just like where my feelings are with like music and stuff like that, and just like set listing like the artists that were performing and stuff like that. It was just like it's a mix of that stuff, like moving. and then still trying to like deal with like dreamful fest and stuff like that. So it's just like juggling shit and balancing it out so i just i made it to like the end of this like the festival but like this year i plan on like being like tell you tell you what you're you're coming to dreamville fest this year right yes yeah just hit me up and whatnot and we can just i can put you in the group chat and we can just chill or not because it's like literally like they'll be having events all around dreamville fest yeah, for that sure. area. So it's like we can just hang out and whatnot, and then it's just if you're around a bunch of a group of people, maybe then it would just help reinvigorate uh your feelings for Dreamful Fest. You know what I'm saying? Because I'd be hella. I was going through it this year, but I still try to focus on the highlights of actually hanging out with some people in Dreamful Fest. So like, there's that. Yeah, that's the only thing I haven't done. I haven't like hung out with like, I can I can be in the group with people, but I'm such an introvert. I would just like rather just. Not rather, but it always happens. I'm like by myself because it like it always just happens that way. So that's cool. I know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm a bit introverted myself from time to time. I um, mean, I'm more extroverted in, in terms of just like you know, naturally I'm an extrovert, but it's just like you know, so I like I gotta like interact with some people after a while, or you know, like even though it's like you know, there's still some things that happen where it's just like where I feel like they kind of backfired on me a little bit. But it's just like at the same token, you know, it's good to be around like-minded people that just want to just chill and just have fun and whatnot. It's just like, uh, would you say you're into anime a whole lot? Um, I try to. The last anime I was really feeling with, like the last anime I watched completely through was Kill a Kill. And that's not like, that's not a top tier anime. When I, when like me, like you talk to anime watchers that's not it um the last anime i watched for sure that i, I didn't finish was shield hero mm. um i love the story of like shield hero. I, I love the stories but they just like anime is so you have to like pay, pay attention or you're gonna like miss a lot and i'm just trying to like watch something and like get on my phone mm. but I love, I, like i'm probably gonna get back into shield hero um so I'm like a moderate anime watcher i really want to get into like black anime and like black i don't want to say manga you mean like afro samurai or the boondocks um not even just that they're like 
I mean, I've, I've watched that for sure. Like the Boondocks and Afro Summer, I've watched that like a hundred times over. And I don't consider that like as, I, I didn't, I didn't consider that as anime growing up. Well, like, Afro Samurai. Yeah, I didn't consider it as anime. I just considered it as like, mm, what would it be? I don't know. I just, I never like thought of it like that. Because when you think of anime, when I think of anime, when I was younger, it was like DBZ and Naruto. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was like um, like a parody. Yeah, not even a parody. Just like it's like cartoon. Of, I, just, I just think like black people have their own shit when they make shit. So. <laughs> well, actually, Afro Samurai was actually made by a, a Japanese guy. Actually, it was a manga before it even came to U.S. Really? Yeah, it was. It was just adapted <laughs> into. Uh, they just picked Samuel Jackson to voice the character, but you know, whatnot. It's just, but it was really like a, like really like an anime, like really like there was in a, it was a whole manga and everything. Like there's still like ongoing things in the manga that are going on. That's why I think I need to get the Afro Samurai manga so I can know what I the hell happens after Resurrection. I actually just got the game for Xbox 360. I was playing that recently, like a couple months ago. You I just got it? No, like, no, I just got it, but I just, like, read. Well, actually, yeah, I, I haven't, like, played it since I was, like, young. So, like, me, me and my brother, we have, like, an Xbox here, and we, like, go to, like, get vintage games and shit like that. So mm-hmm. that was one of the games, like, I played just for, like, memory's sake. Yeah, that was pretty fun though. No, it was hard though at times because it was just the coordination of the game was just mad difficult sometimes. Like when Ninja Ninja would try to do the whole body part poker thing, like I would always struggle with that. But it was, although overall, like the soundtrack was fire, and it's like it was yeah. just a good game regardless. Although it was kind of frustrating to play, play sometimes, um, but I like playing it. It was just like it's just like the whole mixture of like manga, Japanese culture and hip-hop and everything i feel like hip-hop and japanese culture i don't know what about it but it's just it just mixes in so well like samurai uh, shampoo have you, have you watched samurai shampoo did you say that yeah yeah i that's a that i watched that but like i was disappointed because it's so short like it's, it's only good watch season. it's like one season right yeah it's <laughs> not a lot of episodes but i, I need to watch it again i liked it because of like the music like that i can like yeah, like that. I love, I love Shin My Simple. But like, yeah, that Cowboy Bebop, like that type of, it's a hip hop esque vibe. So yeah. Yeah, no, seriously, man. Like they're all just, they're all just good. I don't know why. Like I could, I was seeing with the Wu Tang Clan and everything, especially with the uh, RZA producing the album for uh, Afro Samurai and Resurrection and everything. It's just, it's just, it was just a good fit. It's uh, it's a very, very, very good fit. And then it's just like, you know, I I wonder why like Asian and African, like Black American relation, I feel like we need to really improve that a lot more going to the future because we seem to have such a fascination into each other's culture. Like I know a lot of Asian folk definitely love like hip hop for sure. For sure. (laughs) You like K-pop? I am scared of (laughs) K-pop. You're scared (laughs) of I know some people like it. I mean, I couldn't get into it, but I definitely have an appreciation for Shaolin movies. I know I got a whole lot to save on my Amazon Prime account. I need to find some time to watch it. Like, you know, the the Five Deadly Venoms and everything, Crippled Avengers and uh, 36 Chamber. Yeah, like they, I, I've saved a whole lot of it, but I never have the time to watch it all the way through. I know one movie I watched and everything, I could hear all the same clip sounds they use in Wu-Tang Clan um, in the... Uh, 36 enter the 36 chambers album and i'm like bro like 
I think it was like the part we do was doing horse style and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the Wu Tang album. And I'm like, wow. It's just crazy how like these cultures intertwine and it kind of like exposes you to like new cultures. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, it's man. just, you got to really appreciate uh, the East, our Eastern brothers <laughs> for all they've actually shown in uh, culture and everything. But it's just, I know. Have you seen uh, the Yasuke uh, anime on Netflix? I did watch that, and I I don't know if I finished it. I was surprised that people didn't like it. Um, I, didn't I really liked it. it. I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. Um, maybe the pacing of it. I I liked it. I liked the story of it. Um, because I wasn't it based on like a true story. Like it's like based on like a real very story. loosely because they had androids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, but it was pretty cool. I mean, Yasuke was like a real person. Um, you know, it's just. It was just so yeah. I I watched that. I watched Mio Yokio. I watched Cannon Busters. Like, but I haven't gotten to like anime. Anime like Netflix produced anime. I can like, kind of get into because it's like easier. It's not as like complex. But for sure, I've gotten to like yes, okay. A good one to get into would be um, uh, Seven Deadly Sins. On Netflix, I was was watching that, and I got out of like, like once you get out of something, like you just get out of it. I watched Seven Deadly Sins up into like the third season. I would understand that. It kept going like that's what thing with anime is. It kept going like when I was younger, um, like Adult Swim was like the only access to anime, so I was watching like Inuyasha and Hamturo or some shit like that. What about Yu Yu Hakusho? Um, I'm not sure. You're not sure what Yu Yu Hakusho is? No. That's all right. Definitely check up with Yu Yu Hakusho. It's on Toonami Block and everything, along with Dragon Ball Z and Gundam and all them. So it's, it's really good stuff, man. Like, definitely check in with Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I feel like that's something you could definitely get into, just the storyline-wise and just the, the soundtrack and everything. And just the protagonist and Yusuke uh, Urameshi and everything. It's just... He's, they're all very, very funny. Like the English dub is so, so good and everything. It's just like, I feel like I could rewatch that anime so many times and not get tired after like a while. Like I'm 24 and I still watch it from time to time. You know, it's just, I feel like I could watch it a whole lot. I can never get tired of it, you know? For sure. Yeah, man. No, seriously. Like it's just, it, it's really good that it's just that like, we could actually connect on like a whole lot of this. And the reason why I brought up the whole anime thing because I know like there was like a guy in the picture I was showing you. I was wearing like a Yu Yu Hakusho shirt, so I'm thinking like you know like if it's not Dreamville, you can also connect like with uh, to with people like in a whole lot of slew of other ways and everything. Uh, you already pretty much got your down payment for the ticket uh, for Dreamville Fest this year, correct? Yeah. Have you already gotten your hotel already? No, I don't think that stay in the area, so I probably won't be. Staying in a hotel and yeah. <laughs> okay, can you describe your experience from the first Dreamville Fest that you went to? Um, I know you weren't filming this one this year, but like, how are you feeling about the first one? The first one was like very surreal because like that was like it wasn't my first. That was my first festival, and that was my first time seeing Cole live. So that was Damn. like that was just like uh, I was in the tree. Like I had to, I climbed the tree. After security was like making people get down, I'm not, I'm not getting out this fucking tree. Um, and then like, yeah, uh, the first experience it was just like I was, 
I, w- I just feel like I was there. Like, it didn't seem real um, because we don't have festivals in North Carolina, especially, like, in Winston. Like, um, I don't know if p- people know how, like, North Carolina works, but, like, you have, like, a couple major cities here, and then, like, everywhere else is just, like, that's that's it. Like, you have to travel to the cities to, like, have fun. So it was surreal for me to see, like, a bunch of people that I liked, like, SZA. I saw her for the first time live. Her and Ari Lennox, their voices sounded like angels. Uh, it was just like a, a cool experience to like see. It was history. Like I think they said like the 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 farthest someone traveled was like they took a train to like to get to their plane and like it took like they were flying across half the like the world and stuff like just to get to like this area like this specific area. Like they brought forty thousand people to Raleigh just for this experience and it wasn't just like people that were in the area it was just people from all over that were like very interested into what I was interested into so it really changed my trajectory and like what I want to do in life and this media stuff um for sure like just like planning stuff like getting stuff together like I like hope to like have my production company together where I can like have my own mini festivals and like my own like little shit and like highlight different artists um just like how like j cole and dreamville like brought like a bunch of business to raleigh and shit like that i i want to be able to do something similar yeah i think you could do something like that i mean there's a this is not this program but i'm following these people on instagram called a crowd freak and everything and they throw a whole lot of festivals for independent artists in uh detroit area um these uh festivals include um Backwoods and Bonfires Fest, uh, Scary Hours Fest, and Henny Hamburgers Fest, and everything. And they just showcase a whole lot of independent artists and everything. I'm trying to lock in with them next year. Their logo is definitely on my vision board because it's like they got a distribution, just uh, distribution service called uh, Distro Freak. And uh, basically, the it's just like how like Distro Kid and United Masters would kind of work. Yeah. Except when you drop music on Distro Free, they actually review your music and they can put it on playlists too. Um, and they can also really get you. They can also listen to it and get you to get you a plane ticket and a hotel stay, uh, just so you can be able. They'll fly you out literally just to perform at the festivals and everything. So it's just exactly. I feel like that would be my next step in terms of like you know being an artist and everything. Um, I definitely want to get better as an artist. So it's like, I feel like a lot of these things would be uh, very helpful for me, like learning how to really like, uh, um, you know, get comfortable with performing and everything. It's going to take a step-by-step process, but I definitely want to get my music out there and start building a fan base. So it's like, you know, when I really step in person, it's like, okay, like now I got more of a drive to actually be, put myself out there, you know? So it's just, you got to start yourself with a plan and everything. So it's just like, you know, I feel like if Crowdfree can do it, you can definitely do it too. Um, and I feel like maybe an HBC might help you in that direction. Maybe there are other people who want to throw festivals also, like you. Oh, I'm sorry, my connection now. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is how, how far, what, what, what part do you leave off at? Can you hear me? Um, you were building uh, your fan base. Yeah, well, Crowd Freak. I, that's all I'm trying to focus on is building my fan base uh, this upcoming year by putting on a whole lot of songs so they can be able to dive into and everything. 50 is that number for me. Um, I already got like, uh, I should probably share screens in regards to just um, 
just like what my uh, a lot of my uh, album covers or future album covers are gonna look like. Um, hold on one second. Um, okay, okay, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Pictures and then downloads. Okay, yeah, there it is. Yeah, so like as you can see here, you can see this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah so like this is just I already dropped this is Ego Trip, by the way. The one I already dropped. And it toasts the ESV. And uh, that's the Mental Test Podcast logo. I know you've already seen that. Yeah. How you feel about the uh logo so far? Yeah, how you feeling about it? I like it. It's it's creative. Like when I are you did you make that yourself or no? I made uh, the banner, but I made the actual image. I just saw it one day, and I'm just like, that kid, that looks cool. I don't know why thought it was just speaking out to me. I'm like, let me just make this into a thing, and then like now it's like a podcast, <laughs> and it's just like Mental Thoughts Podcast. So it all started from making that logo. So it's just, uh, yeah, that's just basically. It, it, it's good that y'all find it alluring. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's just like my next couple projects I'm trying to make. It's like this won't be dropped next year. This is a Caesar the whole uh, scream as Julius Caesar thing. I definitely want to get that tatted for sure. But that's definitely something I want to drop maybe sometime, maybe in 2024 or something. Um, but yeah, these two projects for sure I want to drop uh, this upcoming year. Um, the rediscovery maybe in the fall and like this one, whatever, definitely maybe in the spring or maybe the summer, late summer or something like that. So it's just like around school time, I want to drop this one and around uh, before, uh, before the end of the summer, I definitely want to drop this one. <laughs> Definitely, definitely loop me in. I would love to do a profile on you. I need more music artists to like write about and like, especially like North Carolina artists and stuff like that. I really just want to tap in with that. So loop me in with like your rollout and like when you're dropping and shit like that. That'd be pretty dope to get into. Oh yeah, sure. I would, I would definitely appreciate it. Uh, most definitely. Um, hold up. Let me see. Is that, that's just about everything, right? Yeah. But yeah, so like this whole rediscovery thing, I am pretty much getting off like a Lauren Hill type vibe. You can see like my face on the chalkboard and everything. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. I forgot, <laughs> but I can definitely redo it. I, I used to Pixar and just this one with the third eye and everything. And then also this one, Ocean View with the whole Tommy Versetti, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, type vibe uh, so it's just like it's going to connect to my uh my alter ego of uh tony for uh okay. so it's just like um so that's just really just going to be an ep uh pretty much uh welcoming for introducing that uh alter ego and then now uh, from that on it's going to be like tony versetti volume one tony versetti volume two you know stuff of that nature um and it'll just kind of start from there um so it's like a, yeah i, I kind of put them all together like that because i had a presentation earlier today so it's just like you know it was just part of my presentation to kind of tell them what i was pretty much interested in and what i was headed to so it's just like i already got all the beats picked out and everything that's not even all the projects right there that's just only like a couple of them i already think about and everything so it's just like, it's all a process and whatnot just got to get back into the studio again i was hoping to do it so this year um but apparently, like, you know, financially, it just wasn't able to be funded this year. There's just a whole lot of stuff going around. Um, but I think a lot of things are going to change pretty soon uh, and transition to the upcoming year. You know, me getting an internship through Europe or just me uh, also working maybe a night job, you know, and just, you know, just in general. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move to D.C. by the end of this year. So it's just like uh, so I can go to Howard University um, and just maybe tap into a little bit, you know. Yeah. I can see you at Howard. Yeah, I'm just trying to go to grad school, you know. It's just something I've been meaning to knock off my bucket list for a while. So it's like I just got to tap in 
with a lot of folk and just kind of check in with them or like, well, like what I all oh, what all I got to do to get into grad school this year. I was trying to go this year, but I just I couldn't leave Charlotte because I had a whole lot of things I got to get situated. But uh, yeah, um, just want to let you know because uh, I know you're about to listen to like um, my mixtape Ego Trip. I hope you uh, give me uh, some feedback on it eventually. Um, but yeah, basically Ego Trip is like um, it's twelve tracks. Um, it's it's there's a whole lot of trap beats here and a little bit of like um some boom bop top beats. It's like a lot of it's like kind of in its own lane. So it's like, but it's like, I, I I just pick out like, you know, certain beats and everything. And it's just like, it really, it really uh, reflects the manias of depression and anxiety from like feeling like you can do anything one day and then one day not feeling like uh, you're a hundred percent one day. And then it's just, you know, that's basically what the premise of the whole um, uh, project is focused on is really just the extremities of depression and anxiety. And basically how like one day you can really feel like, you know, like, oh, I'm the top, I'm the best. And then one day you just feel like, oh man, I'm not feeling too well. I just don't see what's the point and pushing forward. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. it's really just really tugging on the strengths of like the ego in a sense. It's just like, you know, how, well, how, how much do we really believe in our own hype in real life? Uh, and how often do we really come down from this hype to really just touch ground and everything? Of, uh, of saying that, oh, can I make this happen? Like, even like, you know, with self doubt and stuff of that nature. And really just trying to really conclude with the mindset that regardless of what you're feeling or what pressure you put on your shoulders, you just can't really chirp over that. You just got to keep pushing forward uh, regardless. So it's like, you know, that's just what I'm, that's just the kind of feeling I'm trying to get from that project and everything. So it's like, you know, like once you listen to it, like, yeah, keep in mind, it is my first project. So it's a little bit rough around the edges. Um, I'm trying to redrop that project, like with remixes to every song. So it's going to be like 24 tracks, maybe sometime this upcoming year. Uh, for sure so it's like you know just something to get into sink your teeth into uh for sure uh since we're getting close to the end of like the whole interview process you want to uh do you have any uh final words before we go off uh mr slot um yes uh if you're listening to this and you um i will be uh releasing an essay uh this week on atlanta and donald glover's creativity process and is he creating for black people um uh yeah i hope to talk to you again possibly on the podcast work with you in the future and anyone else um i hope to have bylines at complex dj booth um where else do i want to work i want to work everywhere um songwriting i want to get into that um publishing a a zine um definitely want to get into that this year this upcoming year and establish um just like a home for writing for myself whether that's a publication or that's myself. Um, but yeah, I'll be releasing an essay on Beyond the Source on Instagram um, this week. So if anyone can like give that a read for me, please. And if you want to read anything in my past, just uh, go to my Instagram, uh, it's size my name, um, click the link in bio or just, you know, DM, DM me. I'll have my work somewhere on my page, uh, Twitter, Instagram, it's all the same. So yeah. Okay, dang. You're, also, you're doing a whole lot of the, you know what, on second thought, we might have to extend this for a part three if you've got the time. You feel like you got a, some extra time, maybe 20 minutes to 40 more minutes or just, you know, yeah, yeah, so we can speak more on that and everything. My bad. I'm sorry. We've been talking about Dreamville Fest so far. <laughs> we need to focus more on you for the next part. So it's like, will you have time to hop on again? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Like, let's just hop on for part three. I know I did this with my auntie too. Like, we had to do a part three. So it's like, okay, let's do a part three with uh, Mr. Sly. All right, cool. I'll see you for part three.
part three. <laughs> you have to do a part three because we had to speak more about uh, this dude's um, uh, Cattell Slides uh, works in regards to uh, his writing. I know uh, you basically are writing an essay about Atlanta, correct? Yes. Um, I'm finishing. I'm in like the editing um, uh, processes now. I'm sorry. I'm taking someone back. <laughs> I'm in the editing processes. Um processes or whatever uh that's why i don't have that much published work because i'm always editing and like not publishing so i have so much so many essays in my uh google drive right now um just everywhere i just uh, but that's like what i'm for sure um releasing this week or publishing this week okay that's cool and do you usually do you uh drop essays often uh no because i um i'm very self-conscious about what i write so no the last uh essay i actually published like i self-published was about richard wright and his relationship with christianity and that was like almost like a series on Substack. like i didn't post it um like as a full essay i just posted like um excerpts from each essay like i just broke it down in, like three parts um and that was pretty cool. I like the way I executed that. Um, I'm just trying to find my style of writing when I do stuff like that. So um, I'm publishing in different ways. So Richard Wright was on Substack and that was more so about his literature and his life. And then Atlanta is gonna be more about entertainment. That's gonna be on, um, like it's gonna be a guest uh, writing uh, gig that I'm doing, so yeah. Okay, wonderful. That's good to hear uh, in regards to just what you're getting uh, situated um, all together and everything in regards to like writing. Oh my God, what is up in my dumb? Anyway, um, but it's like, uh, can you, th you think you can go into detail on just certain plot points in regards to what your essay about Atlanta is going to pretty much be about? Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, that. Hold on one second. I I'm sorry about this. Hold up, my bad. Uh, yeah, my bad. It's just uh, one of my parents needed um, a charger box. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> relatable. But anyway, if you like, yeah, you want to go into detail about certain plot points in regards to like, uh, not plot points, but just certain points of your essay you're trying to make in regards to Atlanta. I know Atlanta is a very uh, surreal uh, t television series. I, I, I haven't been keeping up with the last two seasons, but I need to. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, just yeah. What, what's your stance on that? Um. Well, like the last two seasons or like my um, essay? Just your essay. Okay. Um, the essay is about like Donald Glover and his um, intended audience because um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like his career, um, but like he's always had like this long standing like joke about like not being black enough. Like he was supposed to be like the original um, first black Spider-Man like in 2011. Mm -hmm. but, um, of course, like racism, so that didn't happen. But um, racism his his um what is it his relationship with like the black community because he's he's like more alternative um in a way he's always been that way so um with atlanta he's received like a lot of and like any other thing that he writes on because he's a writer he's written on like 30 rock and snl and it's like a couple like small projects but um one criticism is like his depiction of like black women and his um his meaning of like a lot of his like writing styles and shit like that so um i went through like a lot of criticisms on like twitter of course and social media helps a lot with like outrage when people see stuff they don't like they tweet about it so 
that was great. That was uh, great research for me. Um, but it's more so about like his intended audience, his relationship with white people, um, uh, his other content and like, is Donald Glover writing um, or uh, producing content for black people or is he just uh, creating content for himself? Um, because he is in a, in, in a relational relationship right now. So that doesn't help his case either. Um, and his fan base is predominantly white, I'm pretty sure. So it's just me diving deep into that and my love for this show because the show is awesome. I know you said you haven't caught up on like the last two seasons, but I'm pretty sure you've like at least seen the first season, of course. Oh, and, definitely in the second season and I think the first couple episodes. And the third season, that's when like the beginning, they're in the Netherlands, right? Yeah. No, wait. Yes. Is it? Yes. Okay, no, wait. Yeah, I did like make sure. Um, because the third season and the fourth season, they like they were back to back. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's what the essay is about. Um, Donald is one of my favorite artists, um, and like creators, uh, because he like writes scripts, he writes um, like a lot. He just does a lot. So, um, diving deep into that is, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, seriously and everything. I don't think Donald, I mean, Donald Glover or um, uh, Childish Gambino, I don't feel like it's predominantly all white people. That's his audience and everything. Although, like, a lot of white people seem to flock into it. Um, I feel like a lot of what he stands for is, like, kind of the people that are kind of in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not too much stuck within the trap or stuck within one lane. Like, they're just kind of in the middle and everything. And I feel like, I feel like he's, like, him as like a renaissance man i feel like that just kind of helps like i feel like he he's definitely on my vision is he on my vision board i think he's on my vision board let me let me see. i put so many people on my vision board uh, yeah he's on my vision board right now of people that uh, that influenced me and everything and it's just like you know for him to even go from like writing uh acting also being like a comedian also why does he go back into doing a stand-up special again like gosh like it's been so long but um, just Did stuff. You, like, watch, you watch his stand up. Yeah, weirdo, and then like his own stand up on Comedy Central, the little short ones, and everything. Yeah, yeah like he has the talent for it. Like he could do that if he wants to. But I don't know why he doesn't. Subject matter. Um, I don't know if you remember like that one joke about like him dating white women. But, oh yeah, the black woman of every culture, like Armenians, uh, the yeah, black yeah. girls are white, and it's like a uh, Filipinos, like the Asian, like the black girls are Asian. People, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I remember that joke. It was funny. Um, but you don't go into detail about stuff like that. Um, but it's like um my favorite joke, I think, from Childish Gambino was it's the one um <laughs> what was the one? Well it, it was talking about like how like he, he was having sex and everything, like, like hey, Yes, that's the that's like, the joke. about like yeah, yeah, it was just like how like <laughs> I uh, like when this one girl called him the N word or whatever. Yeah. I was like, he, 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 like, you know, went, he went very hard, but he was just tell how white folk want, white guys won't get that because, like, you know, it's this, <laughs> and they're called like crocodile, like, uh, sex or whatever. It would just be like, um, it would just, it just sounds like a disease they got, like, on a cruise ship and everything. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, you got crackers. Like, hold it all together. <laughs> uh, it's very, very funny, very funny what his, uh, his approach was. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, but yeah, he's a very, very um diverse um type of. God, what is my dog doing? What is he? Gosh, he's just always doing some stuff in the back. Hold on one second. 
What what you know? What are you trying to eat? Stop. Come on. Relax. We want to be careful, guys. I'm not just eating stuff off the board. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, it's like I feel like he he really does speak to a whole generation and everything. But also the whole Atlanta situation, I feel like he shows she shows new dimensions to the black experience stuff. You know, like with all these characters and everything. Um, especially with Lakeith Stanfield and uh the guy that plays Paperboy and uh, Zazie Beats in the show too. All of them now are very, are, are huge faces in pop culture now, which is crazy, because, like, from their parts in different movies, like, uh, with Piper Boy, I don't know his name, but uh, being in, like, uh, Eternals and uh, being in, um, being in Chucky and the new revamped version of Chucky, like, the weird robot one, I don't know what was up with that. Um, <laughs> that was a weird movie. And, um, just with Lakeith Stanfield being in Get Out and uh, other, uh, everything since Atlanta, literally. Literally everything, which is crazy. I, what do you feel about him being pushed to play the Joker and everything? Do you feel like he'd make a good Joker? Um, he would. He is a great personality. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's really he's like really good with like I guess that would be method acting acting right. Um, but yeah, I think like with like Keith would do great with that like. He does great with all the acting that he does, in my opinion. I haven't had like seen him in like in a, he hasn't had a bad role in my like he hasn't portrayed a bad role in my opinion. So I could see him doing the Joker, um, and completely like in like involving himself in that. So yeah, that would be pretty dope. I don't think it's gonna happen, but for sure that would be dope to see Lakeith do that. Yeah. Yeah, man, that'll be that'll be a crazy change of pace because I don't think we've ever had a black Joker like ever, <laughs> or a black uh, rendition of just anything Batman at all. Could you imagine like a black Batman, like black Bruce Wayne type character? White people would set fire. Um, it would be January six all over again if there was a black. You're talking. You're alluding to the whole uh, when they stormed by the the uh yeah, white house and everything yeah it will be a lot of consequences on us because we want a black batman like no i mean um, we had a black cat woman with eartha kid and she freaking redefined that role so differently that you can have a interchangeably a white cat woman and a black cat woman it wouldn't even matter like i think it's different for like women and men mm-hmm. um like like i don't like cat woman she's like she's interchangeable interchangeable because like Catwoman woman was like a very sexy character and um it's not hard to look at black women just for sex, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I I don't think it would be much push pushback um for a character like that. But like I, like I said before, um, in their eyes, yeah. Like Donald Glover said that like it's not hard to believe that a black kid from Brooklyn is like into science and photography and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But he obviously got like a, tons of death threats, and Marvel clearly pulled. Um, like anything being green greenlit from him being uh, a major superhero so batman uh he means a lot to white people a lot to white boys so yeah i, I know i know they were kind of touchy about the whole new star wars sequels and like how most of the main cast wasn't really like um like wasn't like like a white you know guy wasn't like the whole main character and everything yeah, yeah, I'm more certain to like new superheroes and like new. I'm really, you know, what I really want to campaign for. I really want Static Shock to get his justice. Fuck Batman. Fuck all these. Like, I want Static Shock to get his justice for sure. 
I definitely want to see like uh like the Green Lantern or Black Green Lantern or John Stewart. Yeah, um, live action black superheroes. I really want to see them. Like I feel like the DC extended universe was kind of reflecting off the animated universe. To be honest, I feel like it would be way more successful. You know, that's just my opinion. Justice Justice League Unlimited and what was the other show? Maybe it was just Justice League, but that was like my favorite. Even Super Friends, that was like super old. I still had that VHS. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. They could really go that direction um, if they allowed it to. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I feel like they'd be doing way too much to try to make it too serious, which is yeah. cool to make it different. Like, you know, even the Batman, um, the Dark Knight uh, trilogy was kind of serious. But at the same time, it was still like personable. Like, you know, it had its own little flavor. It wasn't trying to be something, you know, it was just trying to be its own thing. <laughs> Like, you know, that's why I like the Joker. Like, everything kind of meshed together in that universe, you know, with, like, uh, with the Joker and uh, Batman. You know, it was kind of, like, more real-life type stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't... What was I saying? What is up, my dog? What's up? What's going on? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, already I think we might have to pause one more time. <laughs> my bad. All right, let's just pause right My bad. Back at it again. My bad. It's just... <laughs> Sorry, I just had to just take my dog to my brother's room and so they could just kind of chill over there for a little bit. Like, I love my dog, but I feel like he does too much sometimes. It's just like, like, what was Dogs are little people, so it's understandable. They really are little. They think they're people. <laughs> it's just that I just couldn't couldn't deal with it. I mean, he, he can come back later, but it's just like not, not while I'm recording. Anyway, um, but yeah, back on to like the whole you writing the essay. So like, you're going to like uh, upload this essay on a blog for any chance? Like yeah, um, I'm like a guest writer on like a new blog. Um, so it's called Beyond the Source. Um, it's like very little followers. So if anyone listening, if you could listen, if you could give it a follow at Beyond the Source, um, black owned, uh, I like to say black owned. Um, so yeah, just look out for that. I hope to like write more. I go through writing block a lot, writer's block a lot. So I can't promise I'm like writing all the time, but I just write when I do when I can um, and when I feel inspired. So yeah, it's gonna be on Beyond the Source. I'm gonna advertise that. Like if I'm gonna do anything, I'm gonna advertise the work that I do publish, so yeah. Yeah, no, seriously, for sure. What is, what's the majority of topics that y'all speak about on this blog so far? Um, So far, the blog is like a month old possibly. So uh, it's been like politics a little bit, um, a little bit of, fashion and I think this will be like the first entertainment piece um for the blog so that's why I've been like heavy on like the editing and revising because I wanted to be presentable for someone else's blog that they've trusted me to you know write on um so this will be like the first entertainment entertainment piece like a five minute read um yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, seriously, like that's, that's how many articles have y'all done for this blog? Uh, not even like ten articles so far. Like, very much like five. Five so far, okay. It just starts off. There's like any. There's like a certain number of articles you're trying to get done before the end of next year, or it's like by before a certain uh, limited time. Like, what's your plans with that? Um, not so much a certain amount of articles. Um, I would like placement in other 
other um, websites and stuff like that. So I don't have like a a goal per se. I would just like one placement on like a bigger uh, blog. But my only goal is just to, you know, get some writing on someone's blog, if that makes sense. So just to get my feet wet with it. So no, there's no goal of how many articles I want to write because I do go through writer's blog. So that would just be me setting myself up for failure. Um, I just want to write when I feel inspired. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to, um, without sounding, what is it, pretentious or something, but yeah. I definitely want to be as authentic as possible and, and stuff of that nature. So it's like, okay, you got the whole blog thing down, the essay thing down. Is there anything outside of that that you're also interested in? Um, I'm getting into, I want to get into like songwriting. Um, for sure. Uh, I met someone, like I was dating someone for a minute and we were just talking about like songwriting processes and stuff like that. And I just really felt like that would help me exercise. Like just being a writer, like being a writer, I want to write in all forms, in all ways. So like poetry, long forms of writing, just copy, like everything I want to get into it. So definitely I'm looking to into like songwriting this year because I, I love music and I know a lot of people who do music or who interested in the music. So I want to like possibly get into that because that would help me as like uh, wanting a production company. I could like possibly host writing camps or just get people in together for like collaborative efforts. So definitely songwriting more this year and just getting more placements with other blogs, hopefully DJ Booth or <laughs> Mixtape Monkey or someone just answers my pitch. So yeah. Yeah, you could definitely get that done and everything. Um, when it comes when it comes to music, exactly what what, what type of direction you're trying to head towards? Like it's just like I try to be like, um, would you say that J Cole would probably be the one influencing you? Um, or is it just like, oh, what are you trying to head on with that in the music direction? You just trying to drop a song every once in a while, or is it just something you just want to do? Um, not so much like releasing music. I would like to help or um contribute to someone's creative process. Um just to inspire myself so um it wouldn't i would like you, you know what uh Dr uh j cole and like dreamville did like their album uh return of the dreamers yeah so just like getting in like areas where i can like co collaborate and like give my opinion on like a song or something um or insert like or learn to write a song just to just to learn to write songs just for other people um not so much myself but just for other people and you know pitch in but like more so r&b music pop music and poetry and stuff like that not so much rap because i think like rap has like a a braggadocious feel to it and i'm not like a braggadocious person unless it's like you know um so like r&b uh yes yeah spoken word type stuff I mean, not all the time does it have to be like braggadocious. I mean, I, would you would you describe Common as being a bra braggadocious? Mm, no, but like I think all rappers have to have not they have to have, but it's more beneficial to them to have um, that feel or like that confidence is what you mean. Just like yeah, it's it's like a certain confidence that you have to have with rapping, and I'm just not that type of person to explicitly write something like that I could think it as much as I want to but like <laughs> yeah um yeah I could possibly get into that too eventually but um I enjoy listening to rap more than I would enjoy writing it 
Yeah. I just I just say just give it time. You never know and everything uh where you might be at in a couple years. Um, you know, maybe you might find a love for it. You know, some people don't even blow up until their 30s. And so it's just a matter of just, you know, just watch how things go, how watch how things grow. You ain't gotta be like a upfront, like performing all across the world type of rapper. You could just pretty much just drop songs on SoundCloud just because you like it, or just drop songs wherever because you like it. You know what I mean? Like there's just there's always somewhere to get into when it comes to this music business, you know? Even with like me doing the podcast, like interviewing other artists and just talking to them and everything. And hopefully one day after um after I reach 150 and I'm marketing um this podcast, maybe I could start my own Spotify, maybe set up like a Spotify playlist with like all the artists I've interviewed in the past. And, you know, just off jump like that, you know, it's just like maybe I could be able to like, you know, put out that playlist and everything. Um, so it's like um, more people could probably listen to more artists, you know, because it's just it's not just it's not just y'all just interviewing me to kind of get an interview by me to kind of help me like with my platform. But it's like a lot of y'all. I want y'all to get eyes on y'all products and y'all works also. Yeah, it's just I wanted to be very mutual, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like it just it's just a matter of just uh putting a whole lot of rock in if that uh makes sense uh, on your end and stuff. So um yeah, so like what are some goals that you have for the following year? The following year I would like to establish myself as um establish my production company as an entity in itself and then host like little small events around like my city like networking events for young black creatives like i'm really just into like i really want to get into this collaborative stuff because um a lot of people can't get anywhere without collaboration and especially myself i see that so um just collaborating more with people um who have the same interests or who don't have the same interests just learning more um i do want to write more like placement um at different blogs and stuff like that and yeah, just stuff publishing. Um, more so this year, I just want to get comfortable with the uncomfortable so I can do what I want to do and publish like when I want to publish. But I want to have my first profile interview with an artist um, from my city or just an artist that I like in general, um, whether that be audio, visual, or just um, print. I would really like to interview an artist um, that I enjoy. I think that's really one of my main goals. And then I really want to do this YouTube thing where I'm just interviewing artists and talking about my passions and stuff like that. Like talking about what I'm writing about while I'm publishing my writing. So just getting started with just branding myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to get on YouTube myself next year for sure. You can definitely get it situated. What type of phone you got? Uh, I have an iPhone 13 and a uh, iPhone 12. When I, I, I've tried, it's just like, now it's just like a confidence thing because I've had multiple podcasts, multiple blogs on my own. And I've entered, I've actually interviewed um, a web, a web developer, a web developer of um, a mixtape site that he hosts, which is actually really cool. Shout out to Mike from, from Mixtape Monkey. I never released that interview because like my own shit like we did like a full interview just like this mm-hmm. um it's supposed to be a profile but i just didn't release it because i didn't feel confident enough in like how i was structuring structuring it and like how i would present him to people 
So, I mean, you got to start somewhere, man. You said try it. And if you like, you kind of mess up, you can always have them again to the next season, you know? Um, like, this is like my 143rd episode. The beginning episodes of the Mental Thoughts podcast are just me talking about like other topics, like manifestation and, you know, healing and stuff of that nature. And it was just me talking, you know? And once I started having more people to bounce off with, that was just the, you know, that's just basically how the process of the whole podcast situation was set up, you know? So it's just, it's just stuff like that. You know, just that's just how I you just got to keep pushing until something works. Like the more you do something, the better you become at it. And I'm already like 143 episodes deep and I still feel like I can improve. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I really want to thank you for allowing me on here because this is like my first time like doing something like this this year where I'm like getting out my comfort zone to, you know, network and, you know, put myself out there. So, yeah yeah man no anytime for real man it's like for real it's just this this right here like i always try to use this platform to help people to just kind of express themselves and what their principles are or what their values are or what they're working on now or they're at in life so that maybe in a couple years from now we could really look back on this episode like wow this is where i was mentally and this is who i was so this is kind of like going to be a time capsule in a sense yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, well, like, imagine a decade later, who knows what this whole podcast thing might take it from there. By then, I'll be like 34 and everything. And then it's just like, you know, like, just people looking back, like, wow, like, wow, look at all this time that's passed and everything. And it's just like, now I'm at this point. Like, you could be writing so many different books and so many different blogs. You could be like a top writer and stuff like that. And then from then on, I'll probably be. Uh, very like uh, incredible and splendid artist by then and uh also like a even more splendid podcaster you know it's just it's really just a matter of like how much you invest yourself into something you know so it's just like you know never be discouraged always try new things and you know um, when it comes to the whole youtube situation why not ask exactly what exactly are you just going to be focused on is it just going to be interviews based or you're going to be doing daily vlogs too um it would, be, it would also be just video essays so putting my essays from print into a video format because a lot of people are on YouTube and, it, and they enjoy long form, long form content. And I watch a lot of video essays myself, which went along to me being inspired to do this type of stuff. So um, definitely doing video essays, um, just collaborating with other people. And yeah, like I really want to create a lot of stuff on like the visual side. I think that stuff is like so cool, but um, yeah for sure yeah no definitely man uh, that's cool man uh, yeah. uh, i feel like we pretty much spoke about just everything about on your end in regards to, like what you're headed to and what your interests are um so it's like for the we're about to kind of actually wing this stuff in um is there anything else you want to let the audience know before we go off um not too much i'm a 23 year old a soon to be 23 year old i have a birthday coming up on saturday um, I'll be turning 23. I will be a 23-year-old writer. I will be one of the most well-read and well-published writers from Winston Salem. So look out for my writing. Um, Control Sly is my Instagram. Control is my Twitter. Um, I'm on Clubhouse, kind of, sort of, if you want to talk on Clubhouse. But uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm in Clubhouse too from time to time. Actually, I might hop on it a little bit with my spring break crew. I mostly hop on there just to like get in contact with people. I'm going to be a meeting at, uh, in Miami uh, this year for sure. Um, but uh, okay, that's it for uh, episode 143. Had to extend it for the Mental Thugs podcast. 
All right, thank you, Control, for hopping on. We're sewing in, and now we're sewing out.